North Carolina is having all sorts of success on the football field. They had all sorts of success in the transfer portal last year. Is that enough to help them land the number one offensive tackle in the class of 2025? You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, what's up? It's Thursday, October 19th, 2023. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listener watch to get the very best Tar Heels content every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash college and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. Well, today we've actually got two shows going. If you haven't already checked out the other one, it's our usual Thursday chat with Coach Rob. I'm going to link to it right up here so you can see it. We played a game of red light, green light, looking ahead at some things uh, for this upcoming basketball season. Make sure to check that out on YouTube. Again, the link was up there in the corner. Now, what we want to do today with Brian Smith, our guy, is check in on a massive Carolina football recruit potential coming to North Carolina. We'll see what Brian has to say about it, as well as talking about potential success for Carolina in recruiting due to both success on the field this year and in the transfer portal last year. So that's where we're headed. Speaking of which, let's bring in our guy, Brian Smith, the head of college football recruiting here at Locked On Network. And anytime we have Brian on, want to remind you, that LinkedIn is the college recruiting sponsor across the Locked On Podcast Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. Brian, it's kind of tough to have to chat today. I apologize for it. For those who don't know, Brian it, uh, runs the Miami website for Sports Illustrated and does all this other stuff. And so it's uh, it's no fun to have to talk about it today, but he's a professional. He's here <laughs> and we're doing the deal. So, Brian, thank you uh, for your willingness to still be here and be part. Now, the guy we want to talk about is David Sanders. This dude is an absolute hoss. For those who don't know him, know where he's ranked or what he plays or does, fill us in. Let us know what we need to know about David Sanders. Class of 2025, offensive tackle. He, uh, When I interviewed him a few months back, he was originally planning to be a hoops guy, which Carolina fans are obviously very accustomed to. But he <laughs> told me a funny story. He said, when I was in about eighth grade, some of the football coaches told me it was a matter of time. And he'd started kind of getting into that too. And they're like, you're going to end up at offensive tackle. You're going to end up at offensive tackle. And he did, of course, nobody thinks they're moving to O-line. You know, that's, but now he's got a chance to be a multimillionaire for doing it. Now he's all about it. Yeah, Once I'll he learned about the money. Side, sure. Yeah. Sh- shocker, right? You know, it's really <laughs> funny that that happened that way. But he runs like a tight end, but he's 280 plus pounds. Grief. He's a great kid, very articulate. He's from Charlotte area, goes to one of the private schools there, and he's probably got 50 offers already. And he's only a junior high school. When we saw him at the Under Armour Combine earlier this year in Atlanta, he stuck out like a sore thumb amongst every kid there and they're like, there's over a hundred kids there going to play college football. He was one of the top three or four guys there as an underclassman. Um, but again, the fit is there and North Carolina is on him hard. They were just hosting him this past weekend. They're going to be battling some pretty interesting schools <laughs> though, to get his signature. Cause uh, it's going to be a long battle. 
long battle indeed for what i mean would you say i mean at and most sites i think at 247 he's the number one overall player in the class i think mm-hmm. the composite he's like maybe third uh would you have him right up there brian in that spot he's conservatively top five okay conservatively conservatively top five yeah. that tells you everything you need to know yeah. so as brian said um david sanders was at carolina miami on saturday he's been on campus before why was it or was it important for him to specifically be at, you know, for, for Miami, it's a different conversation. They've been part of massive games so many times throughout their history. For North Carolina, it all happened every year or every week, obviously, Brian. So at a game of, of this caliber, of this magnitude from a national perspective, why was it a big deal for David Sanders to be in Keenan Stadium on Saturday night? In my lifetime, I've never seen an environment quite like that one at Keenan. Uh, you follow it obviously much closer than I, but name the closest one to that environment. I, I can't. And obviously the third quarter in particular, Carolina kind of took a, took a whooping to Miami 21-0. That place is electric. You know, it's usually a vibrant crowd, but it's not like the, like the Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, those kind of crowds are usually a little different. So that that's going to give him and his family a very key note there. His family was there. They're going to see what that was about. That's important because it's hard to beat those schools when you're looking at it from a football perspective. And I get it. Like those people just live it and die it every day. That's all they do. Right. So Carolina being a basketball school first does not help in this endeavor. But that environment says, hey, we're turning things around. And of course, Drake may helped a little bit. Tez Walker might have been all right. (laughs) Um, those, Those are things they can show though. Hey, we're not only winning, we're doing it in an exciting fashion with offense. It's a big environment. Look, the crowd's going crazy. It's a night game that's on national TV. We can be like Georgia. We can be like Tennessee. We can be like Florida State. Those are the things you got to do if you're going to get a kid like Sanders. And and you mentioned Carolina being a basket. I mean, honestly, uh, Brian, right now, Carolina is a football school. They're ranked higher in the football AP poll than the preseason basketball poll. Uh, that's surprising. Uh, no, in all seriousness. Yeah. As you said, basketball is always going to be first at Carolina. So that's something that he has to reckon with. And in fact, it was a massive weekend in Chapel Hill. They had the basketball team, both men and women had their late night, midnight madness, uh, that Carolina calls live action on Friday night. And then Saturday had this massive game. So if you can have those kind of fall weekends, uh, is there something that would be enticing for that, for a young man to stay a little bit closer to home than going to Athens? or going up to Columbus or Tuscaloosa or wherever else it might be? I don't see how it couldn't help. I mean, it's a really good school academically, and obviously the history in basketball gives it some shine. But now you're starting to rise in something else that obviously is related to Sanders or anybody else like him. I think you're going to see more four- and five-star kids visit Chapel Hill, not only from in-state but out-of-state. You've got to win those big matchups every now and then. Carolina hasn't done a real good job with that over the last, say, 40 years. Sure. Now that you have one of those, and Mac and his staff are going to recruit hard. We know if one thing about Mac, he's going to be on the phone. Uh, that's that's his deal. He just he's always enjoyed it. That's not going to change. But they've also got an opportunity to say, look, this is what we're doing on the field. This isn't only the future. We're good right now. You can come and be the final piece to us getting over the hump. So that's that's important, man. And why not? I mean, it's a great school. That area is very vibrant. It's not hard to sell the Tri-Cities area to a recruit, no matter which one of the three schools you're at, but you're winning. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, I think it matters because you can do the same kind of things at Carolina that you do at the other places and you'd be closer. Why not? 
Makes a ton of sense to me. Now, obviously, from things we've read and seen, uh, Sanders' mom loves Chapel Hill, thinks it's a great school, loves Coach Brown. So, Brian, I got to ask you, and be very honest with me here, do the Tar Heels have any kind of legitimate shot at landing this guy that, as you said conservatively, is a top five overall player in the class of 25? They do. They do. He wouldn't have visited there. You said with hesitation, they do. (laughs) Well, I mean, this is step one. Right. For kids like this in today's era, as as we're learning on the fly with this, a lot of my veteran experience in recruiting goes out the window because, like it or not, NIL is going to be involved. He's going to get money bags thrown at him left and right because left tackles are rarefied air. And this is a first-day draft pick kind of guy. So, yeah, that's going to be part of it. Who's your O-line coach? How do you have a relationship with the OC? Does a coach leave? The moving parts in recruiting are unlimited. Mm. You've got to be willing to kind of take that extra step. But at the same time, right now, the path is good. There's got to be something else that they do to get over the top. Because at the end of the day, when Kirby Smart calls, you're going to pick up phone. Yeah, you are. I mean, I have no interest in Georgia personally, but I understand. So it's just, you know, that's that's what you're battling. So what can they do in addition to what they've done so far to make Carolina be a separating school? And I think they have to go at least 11 and one. Like they got to get to the ACC title game and freaking win it to get these kind of kids, not to say in Sanders, but to make that noise, you got to capitalize. Like, let's just be honest. You're not going to have Tez Walker very often. Like that's as rare a player as you're going to get on campus. His speed is different. You got to capitalize now. Now. So make it happen. You got Drake and Tez. That's as good a one two as there is in, in college football. Make it happen. You heard it here. Brian Smith, he sees it all. Drake and Tez, a greater one and two as there is. There I think is. we got to clip that out and let the world hear it. So you talked about Tez Walker just there, Brian. So the question becomes Carolina has had massive success in the transfer portal, hitting on several golden ticket kind of dudes this year. Right. So my question next is going to be. Does success breed more success when it comes to the transfer portal? We'll look at that in just a second. It's a great right question. after I tell you that this episode <laughs> of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts, like Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, Prize Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% off to provide even more value. One of my favorite things is that with the Prize Picks reboot policy, you're in Entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Price Picks is the only, only daily fantasy sports platform that has this injury insurance. Love that peace of mind. Seriously, this thing is crazy to do. All you have to do is pick two or more players and they give you a stat and then you just say more or less on that stat. For example, Drake May's passing yards for this week is set. How about this, Brian? 225 and a half. I'm pretty sure Drake may might touch that against Virginia on Saturday, unless Omarion Hampton just runs wild and Drake doesn't have to ever throw the ball. I'm hitting more on that every single time. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy want to remind you also that coming up on friday is locked on college football kickoff live on every locked on college youtube channel including ours locked on tar heels youtube page 11 a.m till noon eastern the guys are getting you ready for all the action this coming week 
end of college football, including that Carolina-Virginia matchup that I just mentioned. In fact, our guy Alex Dono at Locked on Canes is going to be trying to help figure out how Miami can rebound from this odd two-game losing streaks that the Canes have right now. Make sure you tune in. Locked on College Football kickoff live this weekend. All right, Brian, we want to talk about the transfer portal and how success in it previously could lend to success this year. I, I was laughing um, on Athlon Sports. I had, I had talked about this a couple of weeks ago in like an anonymous coaches preview uh, article for this year. They talked about how the perception amongst the ACC coaches is that Carolina is turning into something of transfer portal U. And I say, okay, maybe, but also I say, Awesome. If that's how you're going to make your hay, I don't know if you can do it year in and year out, but there's success right now. Carolina struck gold multiple times this offseason. Tez Walker, we already talked about. Nate McCollum, who has been the ACC wide receiver of the week twice already. Elijah Huzzy, who was matched up a lot with Xavier Restrepo this past weekend, who had three picks in the past two games prior to that. Brian, how does this level of success help breed success as we look forward to next offseason in the transfer portal. Because you can go out and tell the kids that you're recruiting in the next portal group, hey, we not only brought these kids in, they were successful, they got a chance to go get paid. Conversation mm -hmm. over. That's the bottom line, man. Recruiting the kids want to hear I'm getting paid. They want to hear they're getting paid. So Carolina's great campus, great school. Where's the money? That's what that's going to come down to, man. It's back into the NFL. Uh, especially if you're a transfer guy your window has already shrunk. So that pick is more important than your high school to college mm. pick because now mm. you're down to a spot where if you transfer again, you're supposed to sit out, although the NCAA is weird about that. Uh, that's another <laughs> story. Don't get me started on the NCAA. I go for hours. But uh, it's, it's a possibility that they're going to be at the top of the board for kids they may not have been last year because the kids they did get, they hit with. Um, I think – Florida State has done the best job of anybody. They got like over half their starters or track. It's incredible. They've hit on more than anybody, but there haven't been many schools in Carolina. It's like right below that, just not as many. But is there a better transfer guy than Tez that's popped up out of the middle of nowhere here recently? And the answer is no. Um, you and I were talking about before the show. Miami wins that game. Tez doesn't play. Like he's, I'm not, I'm sure Carolina fans are throwing rocks at the screen and all that stuff. You can't defend what he does um yeah i mean you i read an article that uh dono wrote that you uh he quoted you in it from one of y'all shows where you said they they meaning miami are not going to play another tez walker with that speed and that size all season long no i mean he's a top 10 to top 15 pick yeah i mean look i told everybody that i've ever met that's a great recruit great coach whatever there's one randy moss i will never see that again he's six five and even faster than tez it's Okay, put him off the, to the side. But he's in that realm. There were plays where Miami was on him. He just faster. That, I mean, that, Miami's got dudes first touchdown in the, of the third quarter, yeah. I mean, it's – look, and I, Drake helps. Don't get me wrong, sure. but, like, he just separates from guys. And he's 6'2 and a half. He's going to be an NFL number one. So those are kids for Miami. Like, their secondary is okay, especially at safety, but at corners, it's all, it's all right. Yeah. And he smoked them. He just flat smoked him and they isolated him. Great job by the Carolina coaches. And now they can take that film and show the next group of whoever it is. I'm not saying they're going to be there. There probably won't be too many Tez walkers that's, walking. That's through my the next question. You know, is but it, 
at least you get it, your hat in the ring for whoever it is. That's that's all you can ask for. And he's a Charlotte kid, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep, that's correct. He was a late bloomer that some people screwed up on. Let's just call it what it is, because like, I mean, I'm sure Max like, how the heck did we miss it? Well, I think it's COVID. <laughs> I think that plays a massive role in it, you know? Uh, well, that's part of it. Yeah, because some of the kids, you know, it just, they didn't get out to the camps and combines and everything. Like, it's not the same deal. But now, how hard do you think it is for the wide receiver coach for the Tar Heels? How you doing? <laughs> I mean, it's, it, yeah, let me, let me send you that YouTube clip. You know what I mean? Like, it's not hard. Well, so they, that- they've proven it. And that's another factor, Brian, is, I mean, what, like, obviously you, you just mentioned it. You hate how the Tez Walker situation played out with the NCAA, but if I'm a player and I look at this and I see the way that not only Mac Brown, but the governor of North Carolina, the, the, mm-hmm. um, like other people in politics in the state, the way they fought and, and worked to get this kid eligible. I'm like, if my head coach is doing all of this just for me to get me on the field. And I know, Again, if it's te- like, are you going to fight the same way for every kid as you did Tez Walker? Hopefully so. But but what does that say to me if I'm a recruit seeing the way Mac Brown's going to bat for this young man, even when he thinks it's over and he's not getting on the field? Do, what does that do for a recruit? I think that wins parents more than anything. Oh, okay. Um, there's an old saying down south, you got to win the mom. That's that's not going away, especially down South. It's a different family vibe than like it would be in the Northeast or whatever. It's, it's a big deal. Uh, the deep South, et cetera, where Carolina recruits, that's going to play dividends uh, for a long time. And it also is, it's like, Hey, this is why we fought for him. We knew what we were doing. Here's the biggest success. And I don't know if anybody, I hope somebody wrote this in the Charlotte observer or something. <laughs> Walker didn't play for what half the season. He's, I don't know how much he's been allowed to practice or how that worked. But there's nothing like game reps. Not only did he just walk into a game, Miami's got dudes on defense. That's right. And he annihilated them. And there's no two positions that are more connected yet harder to get timing with than quarterback and receiver. They helped him get there without game reps, basically, against that kind of competition. That's an incredible coaching job by Miami or excuse me, by UNC staff. That's something that needs to be talked about. And I guarantee in recruiting that's going on too. So, and it should be. This is what we can do in a short time. Imagine what we can do for you if you enroll early and blah, blah. I mean, that's just, it's endless. The amount of recruiting that UNC can take advantage because of Tez Walker. Well, and, and we talk about, like you mentioned, the importance of somebody's got to throw Tez the ball, right? I mean, if you've got just old noodle arm over there, it ain't going to cut the mustard the same way Drake May is. And that's something that Carolina is looking at for next year is, you know, you've got some potential guys behind him in the program. But I'm not going to be shocked at all if Carolina's out trying to find a quarterback in the portal next year, which would be the first time they're trying to do that in the transfer portal era. Um, I mean, seeing the way that that the Carolina coaching staff has utilized Drake, seeing the wide receivers in the stable, knowing they've got these dudes to throw to, um, is that going to be a help this first time of probably looking for a transfer quarterback? It goes back to the thing I mentioned a minute ago. If you're transferring this the window has shrunk. Hmm. Are you going to go somewhere where they got okay receivers or they have guys that have a chance to at least go to the NFL combine or be an undrafted, you know, like free agent as the worst case. Carolina's got wide receivers. They got a good wide receiver class. That's an easy sell. Right. And it's still right. care. Like education is there too. I mean, it's one of the best state schools in the country. This is not a hard sell. 
So if you're not looking at them, like, and I, and I know this is going to sound arrogant, but if Mack and his staff say, these are the four transfer portal quarterbacks we're interested in, you contact each one of them. If I was him and his staff, and those kids weren't interested in what we had all together pretty quickly, exactly. Yep. Like, this may not be a – because this is not a rocket science adventure. This is a force for the tree. Like, it's right in front of you, bro. This is a great opportunity on every level. What are you doing? So – Carolina's got a great chance. It's unfortunately a, what I think, I mean, there could be some changes going to be a much poorer transfer portal quarterback group this year, but at the same time, Carolina should be towards the top of the board because Drake's going top 10 in the draft conservatively, if not top three. So how hard is that to sell? Yeah. He could come back. He's not going to, but he could. Zero chance. (laughs) Zero Zero chance. (laughs) I love it. Now, Brian, we just talked about success in the portal. I want to look at the success on the field because as we talked about for Carolina, this is a unique thing this year. Being 6-0 and has not happened since 1997. So how is that uh, on-field success going to help both in the high school and transfer portal ranks in terms of recruiting? We'll look into that in just a second. Right after I tell you that this episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by Jace Medical. Brian, I don't know about you, but my life is crazy busy. I don't have time to be scheduling doctor's appointments, going and getting antibiotics and prescriptions from the doctor. I just need to to get it figured out. Or perhaps you're in a situation where there's storms or shortages, supply chain issues, whatever it is. You got to be prepared now more than ever. And everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected when it happens. That's why Jace Medical offers you the Jace case which provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind so that you're not just hoping you have access to medication in an emergency or when the unexpected happens. Jace Medical and the Jace case makes sure that you have that medication in hand. It's simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. So don't get caught unprepared. I love this peace of mind that Jace Medical can provide. Get $20 off on these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using our code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Doctor created, doctor recommended. That's Jace Medical. Brian, the North Carolina Tar Heels are 6-0. It's the first time since 1997. They've They've scored 30 or more points in all six games. The only other time they've done that in program history is 1914. That's what we're talking about here, the level of success for the Tar Heels uh, right now. And as I mentioned earlier, maybe we talked about it before we started recording. I can't remember right now. But the next three games are Virginia, Georgia Tech, and Campbell. Very easily could be 9-0 and heading into that closing stretch of Duke, Clemson, and NC State. So the Tar Heels having this level of success that's been building in Mac Brown 2.0 how does this level of success, we, we talked about transfer portal success breeding success, how does on-field success breed recruiting success? It's kind of a, going back to getting kids to the NFL and being in an exciting environment. Like, again, I, I could be wrong, but I don't remember the last time Keenan was like that. It may not have been in my lifetime. <laughs> and, you know, it just, like, they, it, it helps having Drake, don't get me wrong, because, like, there's sure. the expectation with a quarterback that's, they're not going to have another quarterback like that in my lifetime, probably. I mean, that's that's rarefied air. But at the same time, they capitalized. A lot of times when teams kind of have that, okay, this is your moment. They miss it. Yeah. 
And that's usually what Carolina's done historically. But again, Drake May kind of helps, and that Tez Walker guy and all that, they maximize their chances. I think this is going to be sustainable, not only in the sense, okay, next couple of years, but Max should be able to recruit well enough, hypothetically, that when he steps down, the next guy is going to have something to work with. This is a long-term kind of deal, and I wouldn't have said that even three weeks ago because it's hard to recruit year-to-year at Carolina when you're the other sport as a football program. So they've, they've changed the novice of, hey, this is who we are, man. You know, we're, we're just this little school. No, not anymore. Because it's a sweeping giant. It always has been because the state is humongous. It is state U. NC State fans can throw rocks all they want. It's the state U. <laughs> that's right. And it's also a state that's got a lot of people moving to it. Again, it's the novice and like being the football school, but not really anymore. If the right coaches continue to come to Carolina, you can be a top 10 program there. It's a huge state, man. It's in your state, you. It's not that hard. We talked earlier this summer about how the uncertainty of Mac Brown's future, he's 72, might, yeah. might be a, a negative, a thorn in the side of this recruiting momentum. What, what is it that, you know, you said three weeks ago, you probably wouldn't have made such a bold statement. Yeah. What is it in the last three weeks that makes you feel better about this sustainability? The way they're playing isn't just, okay, we're not winning 51-49. Like they had some, they weren't unbelievable against Miami. I mean, they gave up a lot of yards. Yeah, absolutely. But they, they've made progress. And Mac, is, it's like he's never been a shortage of recruiting. I mean, let's, let's be honest. That was the final piece, though. I knew they were going to score some points. The defense is starting to come around, at least play some respectable ball. And they made some critical plays. I mean, you get turnovers, you win games. That's not any newsflash. That's the final piece, brother. If they could take one more step, like whether it's run defense or whichever one, they could be a team that goes to the final four here and be in the playoff. It's not out of the question. If you and I, like you and I would have laughed at anybody three, four weeks ago, if you'd have said that, we would have. But I mean, with Drake May and Tez, like Tez changes everything because like, they're going to score 30 on pretty much anybody. Even Georgia, they would probably score 30. And like that, that running back is legit. He's going to get paid too. Yeah. And he's only a sophomore. So he's got at least one more year in Chapel Hill. There you go. So they're good. They just got to take like that one more step. But again, this is exciting. We're doing a little bit of everything. You come here, you can like, especially the defensive kids that are recruiting. I think offense gone, kind of speak for itself. You come here, you can be the guy that gets us over the top. That's going to be their pitch. That's what that's what he did when he was at Texas. And I used to call all the Texas kids and all that. They killed it with that. And then they got to the point it was just perpetual. And every year they had a top 10 class because they were balanced on both sides. I think Carolina's headed in that direction with this class too. So wow. they got a chance to get some kids down the road. I don't know where they'll be finished at because there's no limit on how many guys you can take sure. now. Makes sure. it really tough. But like per capita, they could have a top 10 class because they could flip some kids, et cetera, that I didn't think they had a chance at. But now, and to do that, you got to keep the success. So that's exactly. the thing. So, so last year, right, you have this closing four game stretch where you go zero and four. It started with losing to Georgia Tech at home, which you just cannot oh, do. God. Yeah, right, like that. That is no an comment. No yeah. comment there. That's right. terrible. But but then you lose to NC State. Um, you lose. You kind of get embarrassed a little bit by Clemson in the ACC championship, and then you lose a tight one against Oregon in the bowl game. Let's say Carolina can keep this thing rolling, win these next three winnable games, maybe go two and one in that Duke, Clemson, NC State stretch. I think that's that's conceivable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then make an ACC championship against Florida State. Again, potentially, you know, we'll, we'll have to see how things actually play out. 
what do they need to do? Like, let's say we get to that point. Is it more important to make an ACC championship game win or lose? Or is it like getting there and kind of getting embarrassed like they did last year in, in terms of recruiting specifically, would you rather make the game and get blown out or just not make the game at all in terms of like national recruiting perception? I think I would rather make the game, but I'd be shocked if they got blown out just because they can score so much. Yeah. Unless they shoot themselves in the foot, which does happen. I mean, Miami's just turned the ball over like crazy. They've got nine turnovers in the last yeah. two games. Or if you're Plaxico Burris, who literally shot himself in the foot. Uh, well, that's, oof, man, that's <laughs> a whole other story right there. Um, touche. But they they just can't do that. Yeah. And I'm sure they're going to be talking about like, of any next couple of weeks, ball security and all that, they're not losing any of those three games unless they screw up. They're not. Yeah. But I think Georgia Tech, Miami helped them beat Georgia Tech because of what they did at Miami. That's right. You know, I think Kane's had four turnovers, five turnovers, whatever it was against them. Five no, against not Georgia have Tech, sneak. four against North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you're not going to, yeah, that's not good, by the way. Don't do that. They're not going <laughs> to lose those games. They're going to be nine and oh. At that point, if you don't have their attention, they shouldn't, when they go to practice, if you're nine and zero and you're Carolina, not this ain't Georgia, this ain't LSU, this ain't Michigan. If you're nine and zero and the coach has got a bitch at you to pick it up at practice at nine and zero, then you ain't gonna make it anyway. That's right. You know what I mean? It doesn't like, sound like that's what's happening either for the for the yeah game. yeah. I mean, I I don't think that it would, but I like just put it in perspective. Like, hey guys, uh, did you notice we're pretty good? You might want to <laughs> just kind of keep this up. Let's go. What you want to be pretty simple? I like winning. Uh, and you heard it here first from Brian Smith. Turnovers are bad for football teams. So write that down <laughs> in your uh, in your college football how to win at games. I love it. Brian, thanks as always, man, for all your great stuff. I just love getting to hang out and chat together. Really appreciate all the work you do. Friends, that's it for today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. Thanks so much for joining us. You can follow Brian on Twitter at FBScout underscore Florida. You might got to change that soon. Uh, and then you can follow me at Isaac Shade. And you can follow the show at Locked on Heels. Don't forget to email us with more in-depth questions, LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. You can join our growing Discord community. The link is in the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe, smash the like button, and we'd love to hear your comments on all these recruiting conversations. It's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. We'll be back with you tomorrow getting ready for what we just talked about is a very necessary winnable game against Virginia. Can't shoot yourself in the foot here. Hashtag Plaxico Burris. Hashtag we'll talk to you tomorrow. But until then, peace.